0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on a huge night of European football. A sensational evening for Rangers in Dortmund as they return with a convincing and famous victory. Celtic's unbeaten run comes to an end with a 3-1 home defeat to Bodo Glimt and Aberdeen appear to be closing in on Jim Goodwin as their new manager. I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Simon Donnelly and Fraser Wishart. An amazing night, Gordon, for, for Rangers. I think even the most ardent Rangers fan wouldn't have seen that uh, result and performance. Absolutely brilliant. Kent Morellis at their absolute best. But for Celtic, disappointing night. But Bodo Glimt showed they have real pedigree. Having beaten Rome earlier on this season, they gave Celtic a tough time and it's going to be tough for them in the second leg over Norway. But from Rangers' point of view, what a result, what a performance. One of their best ever in Europe, I'm sure. Yes, Simon Donnelly contrasting emotions for the different sides of the city last night, but plenty to get through nevertheless. Certainly was Gordon and uh, I'm agreeing with Fraser I think if anybody looking at the games yesterday would have said right Rangers are in for a really tough evening in Germany and Celtic with the way they're going you know would expect to win at home but I think maybe myself a little bit guilty of Bodo Glimp not really knowing a bit much about them you know I think I knew they obviously had been beat Roma in the Europa League but a fantastic performance for Rangers uh, caught most of that game they were 4-1 four up, four up. Uh, cruising away from home and I think every Rangers fan in the country would be loving it and yeah both both games are set up nicely for the return I think Celtic have got all to do though Come on then 01419511025 let's look back on it all there is a lot to get through between now and 8 o'clock it's pretty simple to kick us off Rangers fans how good was that and Celtic fans where did it go wrong 01419511025 1025. That's before we even get to all the individual talking points from a Rangers perspective, individual performances, Morelos and Kent and Ryan Jack and John Lundstrom and Calvin Bassey and the list goes on. I've probably missed someone. Uh, I wonder if you were over there. Were you one of the lucky few who went over and you've made it back safely? That would be great to hear from you on the phones and Celtic fans it had been going so well for so long a long unbeaten run victories over Rangers and difficult places to go and a League Cup in the bag uh, perhaps a bit of a, a reality check for some people that's the way it's been described on, on social media whether you agree with that or not you can tell us did the manager perhaps get it wrong we don't hear that too often uh, from you Celtic fans but whatever you thought on the positive side of things for Rangers, the negative side of things for Ra- uh, for Celtic and how it's set up for next week. Let's hear from you right now on the phones, please. 01419511025. Simon Donnelly and Fraser Wishart are here. Fraser, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of that Rangers victory as the show progresses, I'm sure. But from a, a very general perspective, it just seems like one of those results that truly will send shockwaves across Europe. Well, you're reading about the, the German press and the German media having a real go at Dortmund and really praising uh, Rangers. Uh, and you know, I'm not saying it's, it's not unexpected. Of course it was. But Rangers seem to, to relish these away games in Europe in recent years. They've come up with some real terrific results under Steven Gerrard. You know, you're thinking away to the likes of Porto and, and, and others as well. And they seem to enjoy the space. And you see the best of the likes of Ryan Kent, who I, I thought was, was outstanding 
last night. He, he relishes the space. He runs into the space. He travels quickly with the ball, and he was a threat all night. And if only he could turn that and become a bit more consistent into performances in in Scotland, because he, he's got that wonderful talent, but that hasn't turned it on week in week out. But from a Rangers perspective, I don't think anybody really expected that. And and before the game, I think everybody's just hoping that Rangers would would stay in the tie and give themselves a chance in, in, in the second leg. But that wee bit of a pessimist in me still thinks you know that an away goals rule doesn't count anymore. I think that's a real blow for Rangers because Dortmund could come over, score a couple of goals, and all of a sudden, or you know, an early goal, and all of a sudden the worries are there. But let, let's let's enjoy the moment from, for Rangers supporters. Let them enjoy their their time. I, I just thought it was terrific all round. Ryan Jack comes in and just controls the game from the midfield, and uh, you, you'd really felt that Rangers, even at four one, they could have scored again a, a two or three times on the break. Terrific all round. And Simon, again, generally speaking, before we get into the <clears throat> the specifics of it, from a Celtic. <laughs> point of view maybe the flip side of what we're talking about from Rangers is that the the unexpected nature of it the fact you know Celtic were, were flying there was such a momentum such a feel-good factor and it, it maybe comes as a a bit of a shock to, to the system for some Celtic fans yeah you used the word uh, reality check and possibly it is you know I think Celtic have been on the crest of a wave particularly since the, the turn of the year yeah and the new additions coming in and really hitting the ground running uh, I expected you know a home win last night but again I think looking back at the, the, the European games this year for Celtic, although they have been on the end of a couple of uh, doings, they, I, I didn't think they performed anywhere near last night. You know, I thought final third, very quiet. Jota quiet, Abada quiet. These guys have been first class. And maybe, maybe it is just a case of an off night uh, for Celtic. People will question the midfield in terms of Hitati not starting. I looked at the team... You know, I was quite happy with it. You know, O'Reilly's coming in, did well. Rogic has been top class. McGregor's been excellent. But just for whatever reason, it, it didn't happen for Celtic. Uh, Bodo Glimp get the early goal, and I think that took the wind out Celtic sails. You know, they did, kind of huffed and puffed throughout the game. And even when Maeda, you know, gets the goal to bring it back to 2-1, you're thinking, right, OK, 10-15 left. Celtic can maybe get a 2-2 to take over there. You know, Bodo scored immediately, so... I think they're a good team. You know, I was very impressed with them coming over. But yeah, it's just a little, a little blip for Celtic, and it will be interesting to see how they react. Come on then, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. What did you make of last night's football? Let's get stuck right in. Firstly, with David, who's a Rangers fan in Cumbernauld. Uh, David, good luck because you're first up. I don't know where you even want to begin trying to sum up what happened last night. In two thousand and thirteen, the of the champions. Rangers had just won Steinbrook Cup in the third division. The rejuvenation of Rangers is simply unbelievable. To go from where we were to where we are now is something that would be too fanciful for movies. The team was absolutely phenomenal and I'm just beyond words proud and elated of how amazing our team performed last night. Yeah, I mean, Fraser, that's all fair. You can... Pick your own context. If it isn't the context of the last ten years, then yes, it's it's a remarkable achievement. But even in the context of of yeah. right now, of of this season, of of where the teams are at, you know, there are there are different ways of summing it all up. And uh, <coughs> it just it, it was just something that I don't think anyone really expected. And that tells you all you need to know about how big the achievement is. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. Everybody's got their own context, but even in the context of the great Rangers teams of of the past. Uh, going to Dortmund and winning by two goals and scoring four, it, it's, it's just extraordinary. You know those teams didn't manage to do that, and uh, this team has managed to do that. So, so I think that the the, the team 
and the players and the manager who I think got his tactics spot on um, I've, I've, I've got to take all the all the plaudits so yeah I mean of course in the context of the last 10 years as well it's, it's even amplified but there's been some great teams that uh, um, like all guys like Loudrop and Gascoigne and people like that as well and before them they've gone to Germany and gone abroad and I don't think many of them if any have had a, a result like this and, and you know Rangers fans will, will tell us more than, than perhaps we know but uh, I'd be interested to know is, is this in their opinion the, the best performance that they've had away from home in Europe it must be right up there it's been, it was terrific and but Van Bronckhorst changed his, his tactics slightly brought a rebo inside one played Arfield on the right hand side and I thought that worked because uh, Scott Arfield's a real worker he's got more defensive capabilities and that just kind of broke up the play and allowed Dortmund to come onto them. And then all of a sudden, Aribo and Morelos and Kent, as I said earlier, they were they were dangerous on the break as, as Dortmund committed so many players. And remember, Dortmund are only six points behind Bayern Munich at the top of the Bundesliga. So, so they're actually in decent form this season. So, terrific result, really was. What do you make of Fraser's question, David? Where does that rank in terms of European results for you as a Rangers fan? I think it's got to be one of the best results ever in Scottish football. Borussia Dortmund are easily one of the best teams in the world at the moment and we made them look like numpties. Uh, Rangers have handled the coefficients by themselves. Unfortunately, Europe's not for everybody. I mean, f- the thing is, you know that I then always point out factually that's obviously not true because the coefficient is a, a combination. You are right in the last couple of seasons, obviously. Uh, Rangers have been the top performer uh, Fraser, um, yeah. but it's, you know it's a spout, it's a combined effort. That's just the way it is. But yes, I, I don't know why we we so we so quickly go down that route. Um, and again, I'll then have yeah. numerous tweets saying, "Ah, hold on a minute. How can Borussia Dortmund be one of the best teams in the world? They wouldn't be in the Europa League uh, if that was the case." But listen, it would be nice to just try and celebrate the, the oh. good things about... Because it's a good result for Scottish football overall. Yeah, I mean, it might be in the Europa League, but uh, they're second in the Bundesliga. So, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a top result. And uh, I think the Rangers fans should be allowed to have their moments of, of, of celebration. Say, the job's not done. There's that wee bit in me thinking it's only half-time. And when the second goal went in last night, strange enough, you think, well, you know, for three, three-goal lead was much better than two, obviously. But uh, an early goal for Dortmund might just change things so there's a bit of work for Rangers to do and that's what Giovanni and Brockhurst will be trying to get across to his, his players and it'll be an interesting approach next week how do you approach it 50,000 Ibrox usually roll their team forward do you sit in and play the same tactics and allow Dortmund to come on to them hitting the counter-attack or do you try and get that opening goal uh, to, to, to put the game to bed so uh, still an interesting uh, tie Gordon but yeah the, the, the point about the coefficient you know, and you'll never have that I'm not expecting Celtic fans to be sitting with Rangers scarves on and vice versa but they need each other you know, Celtic did it for many years on, on their own when Rangers were, were, were down the leagues and uh, Rangers in the last few years have really stepped up and, and been the, the top team as well. But that's why whoever wins the league this year will, will in all probability get into the Champions League direct. They can't do it on their own. So any Ulfram fan wishing ill on their other team, I get it to an extent, but they should want their, their rivals as much as they don't like them to actually win the game and, and keep the, the coefficient up there. Let's hear from Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. He says he is proud of the performance of his players last night. However, like Fraser, he's keen to stress the job is only half done. It's a very good result for us, you know, against a very quality team, uh, big team in Europe. So, um, you know, we wanted to take a result back to us, to uh, to uh, to Glasgow, to get, a, you know, a good game uh, next week. I think we achieved that. With two goals difference, we, we take back. I'm really proud of the performance the players uh, have shown today. And, uh, you know, we also know it's we're only halfway and uh, still one game to be played. But um, to come here and 
score four away goals in Europe. It's I think it's a achievement, a very good achievement. So uh, more than happy with the result and especially also the the performance. 01419511025. That's the number you need. Ronnie is next through on the line. Ronnie, how good was that last night? It was a good performance for Rangers. I'd like to single out Ryan Jack. What a tremendous performance that man had. He could hardly walk off the park. He had no energy left to anybody. Could substitute it. Um, but the Rangers' performance really pleased about four away goals. They've got. Uh, after they get through the tie, which is only a half time, the rest of the Europe will look at Rangers and say, oh, 4 2 Dortmund scoring for who? It's Rangers. They'll know what Rangers in the, in the next round. If Rangers get through, I've no jumped the gun yet, but they've got a great chance of getting through if they keep their feet in the ground. Yeah, I certainly think a lot of people will be taking notice of the result. How good was Ryan Jack, Simon Donnelly? Excellent, excellent. And I said before the game, when the teams came out, uh, Jack and Arfield. Good additions in the midfield I know Jack's been out uh, Injured Just came back Took a little knock It was good to see him back in I thought it was The discipline in the team You know Kept the shape really well You know Allowed the the guys The attacking players To go in and, and try and get the goals And I think with Arfield as well I think it suits his game You know He's always making Two or three decent runs From midfield I think these two You know Maybe go Without as much credit as the other ones at times, you know, the Morelos, the guys that get all the headlines with the goals. But I thought when the team was picked, I thought that was a, a decent miss midfield. And the guy Lundstrom as well, who's proved, you know, I think uh, he's caught Gio's eye. I think you can look at Kamara and Davis that have been playing in there under Gerard, And this guy's came to the the fore, you know, under Gio. So full credit to, to him for putting him in as well, because I thought his performance was excellent as well. And, and, and popped in with a, a great goal. I think it was the third one. But Rangers, I mean, I caught most of the game. They were very, very comfortable. Uh, it was never one of those games where it was backs to the wall and hitting in the break. You know, they had a lot of the play. Uh, Barisic should have actually put them 1-0 up, you know, at 0-0. They had a great chance. And the only real scare they had was from one set piece. You know, so on a whole, a very comfortable night. Yes, you've got to be or beware of uh, Dortmund in the second leg, but... They've brought a great result back to Ibrox and, you know, with 50,000 behind them next week, I, I fully believe they'll go through now. Yeah, again, Fraser, we go back to context. Had Ryan Jack put a performance like that in under any circumstances, it would have been impressive. But when yeah. you take into account the fact he has been out for so long, he has had all these injury problems, he absolutely strolled it last night, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's a quiet, composed figure. Yeah, and I think over the last couple of years, people have begun to recognise... What a, what a good footballer is He just does the sensible thing all the time And very rarely gives the ball away He's, he's very clever defensively Just gets into good positions To block off runs To, to inter- make interceptions He just He did look shattered At the end of the game I mean he looked absolutely shattered It'll be interesting to see At Tanadice Whether they actually play him Because sometimes When you're out for a long time With injury It's the muscles that get it It's a wee tweak It's a hamstring or a calf or something And they want him to play Next week against Dortmund So he might not start against it's done the United, so a rotation of the squad for, for Giovanni van Bronckhurst. But uh, it's good to see him. It's, it's nothing worse than seeing a football player injured. Simon will have had his problems um, and as well. And we've all been through it in, in our careers. And, uh, especially, when when you see he, especially when you get a wee knock a couple of games. I think yeah. it was his first game back. Against Hearts, you know, yeah, yeah. The worry there is he's going to be out for another. But he's bounced back there. And what and he, what and a he, game last and night. And he missed the Euros. Cause he would have been yep. in the Euro squad yep. so when he picked up his injuries. So, uh, yeah, all, all good signs for Rangers. And good to see Ryan Jack back in. The starting 11.
Yeah, good timing with Ukraine round the corner. Um, well, if that game goes ahead, but I suspect that's not for Super Scoreboard. Uh, let's let's not get too bogged down in the geopolitical state of parts of Europe at the moment, shall we, Fraser Wisher? Even for you, I think that's a stretch too far uh, on a Friday night. Ronnie, before we let you go, in the nicest way possible, Ronnie, you sound a bit older than the previous caller, David. I wonder how you rate that performance or, or that result in terms of the, the kind of best European results that you've seen. Is it up there? One of the best. The beat Leon, three nothing about ten years ago. Um, since he went down the divisions and they came back up, that's the best performance I've seen in a long, long time for a Rangers team. And it's quite significant that Davis and Kamara weren't involved. And I just wonder why the two strikers, um, Sakala and Ruth, weren't neighbouring here. I'm just wondering what's going on with that position. They weren't in the suspension to do them. Yeah, that was something that I don't think was officially cleared up uh, by Rangers. Um, you know, it's just, nowadays everything's subject to rumour on social media, whether it was eligibility to, to travel or not. I actually don't know. I don't think that has been confirmed yet by Rangers, but you're right, they, they weren't involved. Um, Fraser, just on the what, what Ronnie says about Leon, that was one that I kept seeing mentioned. It's the one that springs to mind if you're trying yeah. to rank this uh, Rangers result. Or performance. Simon hit the nail on the head with a good point. You get different types of win, don't you? Sometimes it's backs to the wall and you can nick it, but it was just so comfortable last night. You actually had a feel for it within the first sort of 20 minutes, that Barisic chance. And there was one point where I had to check myself last night that I wasn't in some sort of alternate universe as we <laughs> spoke about Ran- as we spoke about Rangers pressing for a fifth. It's bizarre. Well, you, you'd gone to Elon, so you were in some sort of alternate universe in Gordon's world, which is a, which is always a strange place to be. But uh, I, I get what you're saying. I, you're thinking at four one, Rangers could have gone on, and, and they had breaks, they had opportunities, perhaps the the wrong option taken. And sometimes it was three against three, four against four, and and you were thinking they could go and get another one. Then towards the end, I think bringing on Sands and, and going to the back five and just try to sit in and hold the result was the, was the tactic that they're. So therefore, I mean, I, I was there in Leon. I was doing actually the commentaries at that point for for uh, for Scott Sport. That's how long ago it was, and uh, and again it was a bit of disbelief. You know, Lee McCullough scored a, a header, <coughs> and there was there was it was just it was a great start, and it was a, there was a similar feel to the game where, where the game was done and dusted midway through the midway through the second half, um, and uh, the, the, these nights are few and far between. That's why that's why Rangers supporters remember them. Come on then, 01419511025. Keep your calls coming on events in Dortmund and Celtic fans. It's been wall-to-wall positivity for a good few weeks now. What did you make of last night, though? We're going to hear from Ange Postacoglu and you after these. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Simon Donnelly and Fraser Wishart are here as we look back on an action-packed night in European football for the Scottish teams. It's 01419511025 and of course it looks like uh, Jim Goodwin might be getting closer to a move to Aberdeen as well. So we'll touch on that later on, I am sure. Get your calls in and if there's anything else we've missed, pick up that phone and let us know. Let's go straight back to the phones and speak to Ross, who is a Celtic fan. Uh, Ross, how would you sum up your feelings on last night? Yeah, uh, first of all, hi guys, hope you're all well um, Very disappointed last night with the performance um, I think it comes down to a lack of um, organisation again Because it seems to be Celtic seem to struggle every single season Europe seems to be a downfall um, I've heard it a lot of times about it comes down to the financial side of things um, Money, but 
Last night, I would arguably say Celtic were financially better off than them. Um, but they came and they had a plan. They were organised and we just looked as if we were just... We just looked as if we had nothing last night. There was no... no nobody wanted to take take the ball and go, right, I'm going to make something happen. We just... We had no, lead, no, no, no leaders last night. It was just non-Celtic. It was just as if it was... It reminded me of um, about 18 months ago under Neil Lennon and that's exactly what we got last night. Yeah, I mean, Simon, that's an important part of it. There, that there is no excuse in that regard. <clears throat> Ross says about Celtic being financially better off. I think they are considerably. Um, you also add into the mix this debate about whether the season in Norway being off means that Bodo would be rusty or not. So there was all these things that were stacked in Celtic's favour, really, um, and it didn't quite pan out that way on the night. Yeah, and I think. Uh... I think sometimes I don't think Ange would be guilty of it or the, the Celtic players, but I think we can all get sucked into this. You know, uh, their season was finished and they did a pre-season. They looked sharp last night. They they were up for the game and they had some very good players as well. I believe they lost some players after the the, the season finishing. They're winning the, the the Norwegian league, so they seem to have you know filled those gaps that uh, have been left very well I was impressed with the left back I was impressed with the, the centre forward even their keeper looks very comfortable with the ball at his feet they did, they did a game plan but again sometimes you can turn up and you know it, for whatever reason it just doesn't happen on the night uh, and I think that was the case for Celtic I think the early goal doesn't help them but as I, I kind of mentioned earlier on you look at Jota who's had a fantastic season Abada I think he's contributed 14 goals both of them are very quiet on the night. Uh, I think Ange might himself admit that he probably got the midfield wrong uh, with Rogic and O'Reilly in there. You know, Hatati's been excellent. And maybe he just felt it was time to freshen up a bit. Hatati played at the weekend against Wraith Rovers. So I looked at the team before it. I was happy with the team. I thought Celtic would win the game. But sometimes it's just one of those nights. And, and unfortunately for Celtic, I've looked at the games that they played in Europe this season and I know they've been on the back of a couple of defeats but 2-0 up against Betis up, up away to Leverkusen last night they just didn't I didn't see them getting a result you know after they went 1-0 down It's one, it's one of these things Simon though that, that Celtic fans have, have loved the way that Ange Postacoglu's played Yeah, and one of the things they, they love about it is that he's not changed his, his way of playing you know and uh, the performance away from home in Europe in the early, early part yeah they lost a lot of goals but they, they exciting. Sp- exciting and a threat going yeah. forward and I, I feel that's just the wee bit last night where yeah. and we were discussing it before we came on the show final third that final pass the, the most important pass arguably yeah. wasn't right last night yeah, and, I, and I, I didn't think Celtic were awful no. and, I, and I thought I thought the, the, the tempo was, was good at times and they were up for it they just didn't couldn't get past the two fullbacks as you said you know that uh, and, and the, the two centre-backs, Holbraten and Mo, and the goalkeeper hiking and starting moves from the back as well. But once you get beyond Celtic's midfield, and I think the only eyebrow raised was Hatati instead yeah. of either O'Reilly or, or Rogic. The rest of the team would all have picked, every yeah. single one of us. Again, even seeing that before the game, I thought, you know, the two of the guys are on form. Yeah, O'Reilly's been fantastic yeah. since he came to Celtic. Rogic has been chipping in with goals. So I was quite happy with that. You know, it's, it's, it's great seeing it in hindsight, isn't it? You know, Hatati comes on the second half, has a little effect. I don't think that will be the same midfield three over there next week. Yeah, I mean, Ross, was it a completely un-Celtic performance? That's the, that's the impression I'm getting from you that you really didn't see, um, you know, 
recognisable signs, or was it just as the guys say that that final pass, that bit of quality in the final third? Because I, look, I know that stats aren't everything, but if you were to just look through the stats. It didn't look like a game Celtic struggled overall. They had 63% of the ball, they had 16 shots on goal, they had 12 corners. So there was a level of dominance there, if you like, but just not in the important areas. Was it was it the final third or overall, as you seem to suggest? No, I agree. I think parts of the game we did control, um, but I just felt last night it was so unlike the Celtic that we're so used to this season and I don't want to get kind of caught up in this. If Celtic lose a game, it's the end of the world. I know things happen and games we will lose. And I just think the it was the performance last night was just so un like it was just it reminded me last night of the season under Neil Lennon last year. But I think, as I say, I think Bodo came with a, a game plan and they looked really really organised. Again, what also Simon said, I was really impressed with the goalkeeper. I thought it was. Was, he was brilliant last night But I think they, they, they came with a game plan And it worked I don't, I, don't, I don't think Celtic had any game plan I think when they went 1-0 one, one up I think we kind of took a, back, a backward step And I think it actually caught us By surprise Kind of just went, went against us for, for the rest of the night yeah, We are very quick to, to make Sort of big conclusions after One game Ross I wonder how you feel about it you'll have seen it all already that this is a reality check for Celtic and they're not quite as good as they thought they were um, and this just shows that there's you know a long way to go D- does any of that stuff ring true with you or just a bad night at the office or a bit of both I think it's a re- I think in a way as a reality check I don't think we're anywhere near the levels in Europe that we think we are Um I know before we used to be classed as a Champions League team and then we were a Europa League team. Now we're in the Conference League and we're still struggling. So I think it's a reality check in Europe. That seems to be a downfall. But I don't know how we fix it. I, don't, I generally don't know what the issue is. But um, I think in the league, domestically, we've been good and we've been we've been getting performances and results recently. But last night was just, I think, it was a reality check that maybe Europe were still kind of miles off the levels that we should be at. It's a tough conclusion to, to draw, Simon, isn't it? Because based on last night, you would forgive Ross for coming up with that theory. It's, it sounds perfectly reasonable. But, you know, you look at the look at previous results, as good as Bodo yeah. Glimt were, if you look at the way Celtic went about some of their group stage games, Betis in particular, yeah. they looked like they were... I mean, Bodo Glimt aren't better than, than Betis, are they? So where are Celtic in this European equation? Yeah, well, listen, I'm, I'm listening to Ross talking there and I'm beginning to think we're, we're six months into Angie's tenure at Celtic. You know, the, the turnaround in Celtic has been incredible in that time. They're sitting at the top of the, the, the league by a point. Uh, and I, I agree with you, Gordon. I think some of the performances, I know Celtic walked away with some defeats, but some of the, t- I was encouraged with the play. You know, they went toe-to-toe with teams away from home. They scored goals at Betis. They could have been three 0 up. I know it's all what ifs and maybes, but that was the way the game went. Uh, they were getting criticised at the time for leaking goals. They've stopped that. I'm looking at the domestically. They've got the best defence record in in the league. So we're six we're six months in. But as fans, you want to win all the time. I'm sitting there with my kids last night. You want Celtic to win, but they, I think. But you're saying a bad night at the office. Yeah, I think it probably was. You know, you look at your big players this season, Jota and Abada. Didn't really do it last night. Everybody can have an off thank- night. Yeah, thank you to Ross. 01419511025. Let's hear from 
Ange Postecoglou, he was disappointed with the outcome, but he put the difference between the two teams down to converting chances. Yeah, it wasn't the outcome we wanted, obviously, and uh, you know, from our perspective, uh, you know, it's a game where you know, they were very clinical in the front third and we weren't, so you know, I think that was a difference in the game. Oh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a bit of both. I don't think it stopped us the football. I always said that they were clinical enough in the front third, and they were, you know. I mean, they had two chances in the second half. One was a deflection, they scored, and, you know, the, the chances we had, I just thought, um, you know, we just lacked a bit of composure in that front third. So, um, you know, in a game where, obviously, you know, the goals change the, the perspective for everyone out there. They, they were able to get theirs, and we didn't. Well, it's only half time, so yeah, um, there's another game to go, and we'll go there and play our football and uh, see what we do. Scott is also a Celtic fan on the line. Where did it go wrong for you last night, Scott? Um, f- firstly, I'm not on to bash the team, and I'm not on to bash Ange either, because where we were compared to six months ago, um, and the, the quality of football that we have been playing, um, I, 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 it's like night and day, so I'm not on to bash. Just what I what I thought I seen last night, and some of the things that I think that worry me. Since Angie's come in, his, his recruitment has been very good, but in my in my opinion, he's bought a lot of players that are. And that, I'm going to say this on the smaller side is what I'm going to say. We brought Angie Marcus, who's quite tall. That's fair enough. Carter Vickers isn't exactly a commanding centre half. Like, he does he does well in the air, but he's not like a six foot four five Bobo Baldy Steve McManus type guy. And neither is Starfield beside him. And we brought these players in, and you had that Tikiogo, Rio Atati, Tommy Rodgick, who's, I think he scored one header, no, he's all time at Celtic, and the rest of the players were a very small team. In Europe, my problem is set pieces are so important in Europe. You look at when we get to the cup final, two goals came for corner kick and a free kick. Um, it's so important, and we're not scoring goals for corner kicks or free kicks at all. These days, and we haven't been all season. Uh, there was one particular stage where I sort of counted up over three games, we did over 70 corner kicks and scored zero goals. Now, Simon, you played back in the day when you had a lot of decent guys in the air, um, and I'm sure obviously guys after you, guys like Sutton, Hartson, um, Bobo Baldy, Steve McManus, I could carry on. They were all good in the air, so we always had a threat, even that you did Nakamura for three kicks as well, yeah. putting the ball on top of people's heads. Right now, we don't score zero goals from... It's all right having corner kicks, but we've nobody to put it into the box with. That yeah. was one thing that really annoyed me. Um, it's annoyed me. Um, I'd have a couple of points if you let me see it. If you let, want let's deal, let's, that one. Yeah, let's deal, with that. let's deal with that one first, Scott. Just to clear up, though, I mean, scoring goals has not been a problem for Celtic this season. Yeah. The goals tally, the goals for, even in Europe, has been pretty impressive, and certainly domestically, Scott. So is this... Is this just about last night? I know you're saying you no, don't think they score no. enough from corners, but, no, but the goal scoring's not. not a problem, though. See when the game's tight, and you know we are, you know the games are popular, when the game's really tight, you're up against a good team, that's an opportunity to put a ball into a box where it's a 50-50 challenge, into the penalty box. You know yourself, a lot of the game in Europe's played outside the box. It's not played in the box, it's played outside the box. And just, we had 12 corner kicks last night and created absolutely nothing. Nothing. I can. I can. You think a, a decent chance we created out of twelve corner kicks? Add in the free kicks we had outside the box. Say with another. I think we've maybe done our six, seven in decent positions. There's nearly twenty set pieces that we've put into 
into the box or should have been put into the box and created nothing from. Simon, what do you think? Yeah, listen, when when you get a disappointing result like last night, we, we all sit and look at reasons why and, and come up with things. I'm not going to question Scott's uh, stats there. I, I did notice Celtic were taking a lot of short corners last night uh, before they delivered them into the box. Yeah, it, Listen, it might not be the style that Ange is looking for. You know, I don't think Celtic have lacked in scoring, as you say, Gordon. You know, they've been very potent, even in Europe. The problem at the beginning was was getting the, the back door shut. Uh, I think they've did that recently. You know, the, the understanding of the two centre-backs. I know Julian is on the verge of coming back. It might shake that up. He's certainly got the height that, that Scott's talking about. But the two of them that are playing at the moment... No, they're not the biggest of centre-backs, but I think their, their, their partnership has grown uh, over the six months that they've played together. But yeah, I think just sometimes when a disappointing result like Celtic's last night, people start looking for things that you know might not be there. I don't think Celtic have the personnel you know, to, to, to throw... You're talking about Sutton's and Hartson's from before, and certainly the teams when I was at Dundee United as a coach... They battered us for set plays, you know, they had a lot of height and size in their team then. But it's a different Celtic team nowadays. Uh, so yeah, I take it on board and, and I'm not saying that Celtic do not work on corners, but it's just personnel. Sometimes that's why last night they're maybe looking to take short corners, try to shift it, try to get people to, to move in the box. But yeah, a lot of corners and, and, and not a great deal of success. Uh, Scott, we are a bit pushed for time, but if you've got a second point, make it quick and we'll try and squeeze yeah, it in. I'll, I'll make it quick. Last night, both both white players, Jota and Abada, probably did their poorest games of the season. I thought it was down, possibly down to Hatati had linked up very well with Jota, and I thought O'Reilly on the right had been linking up very uh, very well with Abada. Yet last night, both players had different players inside them. I'm just wondering if that contributed to the both of them having their poorest games. Fraser. I thought you got to give the other, the other team's fullbacks credit. I thought they played it really, really well for Samstead and when Bangamo were outstanding uh, throughout the game. So you have to give them a bit of credit. And they clearly done their homework because they know that that's where Celtic get a lot of their success. And uh, you're right, I don't think they played particularly well, maybe their poorest games, but uh, they've been brilliant in recent weeks. And you know, if you're playing against Celtic, you've got to stop them. So there's a bit here where, where you've got to give the opposition uh, a, a bit of credit. I thought O'Reilly played really well. Rogic was quieter, but O'Reilly was on it. Um, so I, I don't think there's too much criticism for, from from that side. I think give the opposition some credit here. I know it's only Bodo glimped, and that's a, in a very commas only, and sometimes that that that's a colours fans' views on things. But they're they're a good side, and they were very very good at the back. Thank you to Scott. It's so one four one nine five one one zero two five, and it's a great time to dial that number because you could be up next. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Yes, Fraser Wishart and Simon Donnelly are here looking back on all the big talking points from a busy night in Europe. It was obviously a good night for Rangers and as a result of that, it was a good night for this. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Golden Goals. We had a good old chuckle to ourselves last night just thinking when the people behind Clyde One Super Scoreboard's golden goals were dreaming up the format for this competition. Do you think they envisaged Rangers going to Dortmund, scoring four and sticking another £1,000 into the prize pot? Probably not, but that's exactly what happened last night and thanks to all the goals scored last night, we're now sitting at 13000 
£100. Remember, every time Celtic or Rangers hit the back of the net in any competition, we add at least £250 and then one of you lot will win every single penny tax-free at the end of the season. So to make sure you're in with the chance of winning, text GOAL to 61025. That's G-O-A-L to 61025. It's £2 to text plus your standard message rate over 18s only. The full terms and online entry are at Clyde1.com and as I said, it's every competition so the lines close 6pm Saturday the 21st of May which is Scottish Cup final day. So for your chance to be the winner at the end of the season, text GOAL to 61025 right now. Good luck. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Golden Goals Yes, I don't think many people imagined the four goals going in in Dortmund and adding to the pot, but we're happy because we'll give it away to someone at the end of the season. With that game in mind, let's go back to the phones and bring in Andy, who's a Rangers fan from Bears Den. What did you make of it last night, Andy? Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, I hope you're all doing well, panel. He's having a good night. Okay, yeah, yeah good. Good, Andy, thank you. Good, good, good. And yeah, I'll be well looking forward to winning that pot if it does come in. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's me that wins it um, Yeah I think it, I've, got, I've got a couple of points um, To make The first one is more about It's just about Rangers style of play And how I think that how You can see how we We play differently When teams come at us And I think that's When, you, when we play in European You know we've seen over the years That we've We've seen the upper game In the European nights And I think a lot of that's not necessarily Yes it will be a part of when they're up in their game I think a lot of it is when teams come on and actually try and play football because they leave spaces open and Rangers are very good at that Not, I mean Rangers are very good on the counter attack Rangers have struggled and to when the games where teams will sit back and try and hold on to the draw until Rangers get that goal and they they just park the buses we seem to call it and Rangers will struggle and they'll grind out a result and when teams come on as onto us and we've seen it with the, the Hearts game it seemed like the Celtic game was a bit of a, a wake up call and I'm not taking anything away from Celtic they played phenomenal when they played them but um, it's, after that Hearts came uh, to players and they came at us and they left spaces and Rangers just absolutely dominated the match and I think that's the type of football that suits Rangers when we can break uh, quickly on the counter and you know, there's gaps left and we can score goals. Um, I've got a second point about the, the, the midfield, but I was just wondering what the, the panel thought about the about that, you know, like the counter-attack in football and compared to the, the park in the bus and, and, and how, what the panel thought about that. Yeah, I mean, Fraser, it's a very fair point. It's only yeah. two weeks yeah. ago that as, as good as Celtic were, everyone knows Celtic were excellent, but it was only two weeks ago that Rangers put in a very passive performance the team got criticised, the manager's tactics got criticised, so it, it does seem like the penny has dropped fairly quickly in that two weeks. Yeah, and I think Andy's made good points. I think Rangers do do like the open spaces, they like uh, to hit teams on the break. Morelos running down the channels, Kent getting the ball, he travels very quickly with the ball and he seems to make his mind up very quickly when he's in Europe as well and, and is, is direct domestically sometimes, just takes too many touches and all of a sudden opposition teams have got players back but you're, you're right Andy you know teams do sit in against Rangers and it's exactly because if they go and attack them Rangers will pick them off and that's why they will sit in domestically and just make things very difficult and it's not uh, any club in Scotland's job to, to, to make it easy for, for, for Rangers it's their job to try and find the best way to, to win it but uh, over the last few years last night's performance was, was, was really exceptional but they've, they've had a number of really good performances very similar 
very similar where Kent and Morelos have been the stars on the break. So I, I think Rangers do flourish away from home and that's where next Thursday is going to be fascinating to see how they approach it. Do, do they play the same way or do they go and try and get that vital opening goal to put the game to bed? What do you think, Simon? Is there something about Europe? We've said this for a few seasons now. It's a different manager and it's a different style slightly. Is there, is there something about Europe that suits Rangers? Yeah, there could be. There, I think the space as well. I think the players they've got, looking at their team last night, the, the front three, I think it's, it does suit them. Uh, I thought they might have get put under a little bit more pressure, the likes of Kent and Aribo having to do the defensive side of it. That never happened last night, not even from the start. You know, uh, Rangers were quite comfortable going forward, but I do agree with, I think it's Andy the caller. Uh, I think European style football seems to suit this Rangers team. Uh, their, their four minute under Stevie Gerrard was excellent. Last night, again, going to a team who are sitting second in the Bundesliga and been 4 1 up, almost coming away with a 4 1. Yeah, the goal at the end actually, you know, makes it look better for Dortmund. But yeah, and I've played it myself. Fraser, obviously, a defender, but I've played it as an attacker myself in that nine times out of ten, Celtic and Rangers, it is, you're up against a wall. Yeah. And if you don't break it down immediately or almost immediately, it can get frustrating. Uh, you can start overplaying it. You can start taking too many touches, as Fraser says there. In Europe, it's it's a different style of game. It's almost as if they'll let you play and then they'll, they'll think their play will be better than yours. And it didn't work out that way for Dortmund last night, certainly. But I do think players like Morelos, whose form and goal return in Europe is fantastic for Rangers, and Kent, I think they enjoy playing in Europe. Andy, what was your second point about the midfield and the, the players that were picked last night? Well, I think the players that were picked last night were great. Uh, I think Jack and, and Lundstrom, have they already seem to have formed a great partnership. But Jack's been, been out for a long time and he's come back and he, it looks like he, if he can stay fit, that he's already cemented that spot that he's not going to be out of the first team. Um, my, my point really was more about with Ramsey coming in because you know if they, if Jack can stay fit, I don't. I'm starting to kind of wonder. Other than just the kind of general squad rotation, just to keep players fit for the bigger games, um, how Ramsey can work his way into this team. But other than coming on as a sub to maybe replace one of the more attacking midfielders, I, I really don't see how he could get himself into the team if if they keep playing the way they have. I know that it's, it's very early days because Jack's recently back and he's had that wee niggling in, that wee injury that I know it wasn't the, the return injury but he's had that wee injury which took him away but he's he's not been out for lot, long and he's back again and, and he's he's already kind of cemented himself as like a, the, the best midfielder in our team Zandy gone Zandy disappeared on us you hear me? you hear me? oh we've got you back Andy sorry on you All go right. Yeah, I was just to say that, yeah, Ramsey, like, as good a player as he is, I just think that, that he might go down as, as not being necessarily a dud, dud signing because he didn't perform. He might go down as a dud signing because he did, doesn't get into the team because Lundstrom and Jack are playing so well and then you've got the, the front ones like Arfield and, and Aribo playing well. And So I, I'd honestly, I'm kind of wondering whether uh, Ramsey will, will go down as a dud signing just purely on the fact that he doesn't Managed to find himself in the team because the other players are playing so well. But it's, it's all yet to be seen because the the teams, you know, it's 
as I say, it's early, early bells, and still Jack could pick up an injury and it could change things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice problem to have, Fraser, but I do have visions of someone who's been away for a month, has just been off the grid, <laughs> has just switched on the radio, heard that Rangers went to Dortmund, <laughs> scored four and one, and that uh, Aaron Ramsey might not be able to get in the team, but wondering what on earth's going on. I know, Dud's signing, three weeks he's been in the door, um, he's a quality player, I, the problem is he's not fit, and it's how do you get him match fit, he's just off it. And it's about game time And I think he might play on Sunday I think he might start I'm not convinced Ryan Jack will start Given how tired he was at the end of the game And keep him fit for the, for the Dortmund game But I, I think he's more of a more of an attacking More of a number 10 Who will play out that bit further forward So I don't think he's a, he's a threat to Ryan Jack's place uh, Thank you to Andy It's already time for us to do this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Thanks again Andy, good to hear from you It's now Beat the Pundit time It's your chance to take on Fraser Wishart or Simon Donnelly And win that signed ball Don't forget, even if you don't get any questions right All you need to do this week is just get through on the phones And you're already a winner We're giving tickets away to the Virgin Bet Race Day At Air Racecourse on Saturday the 12th of March So if you're on the fence, see what I did there About trying to get through and play tonight Hopefully that'll nudge you in the right direction It's 01419511025 And the lanes close at 7 Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Simon Donnelly and Fraser Wishart are here. It's 01419511025, and they're waiting on you to have your say on last night's European football. A famous, sensational win for Rangers against Borussia Dortmund. Not such a good night for Celtic at home to Bodo Gleam. So keep your calls coming. What did you make of it? And Aberdeen fans, St Mirren fans. It looks like Jim Goodwin's move to Pataudry could be getting that bit closer, so please pick up the phone and let us know what you think of that. Aberdeen fans, is that a good shout? Is that one you're happy with? And St Mirren fans, how sad would you be to see Jim Goodwin go? Pick up the phone and let us know. We'll speak to you after this. Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Come on then, beat the pundit time. Let's try and finish the week on a high. In fact, I think the listeners won last night. Mark Wilson had a nightmare, did he not? Uh, so let's see if we can make it a couple in a row for the listeners to round off the week. Who have we got on the line tonight to play? It is Aston, who's a Celtic fan from Air. How's it going, Aston? Not so bad, how are you? Not bad, thank you. Not bad. Have you ever played before? Absolutely not. <laughs> right, okay, let's see how it goes. Do you usually do okay when you play along at home? Um, yes, that's without my heart uh, pounding out my chest, though. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, that is true. It's it's a lot easier. It's like me when I wake up every morning and check the 5k minute questions on Bowie at Breakfast and always squish them, but I just know that I would never uh, have the bottle to do it on air. So anyway, right, let's toss the coin. If it's heads, you'll be up against Simon Donnelly, and if it's tails, it will be Fraser Wishart. And it's heads, Simon Donnelly up against Aston in air. So let's give Simon some Clyde 2 to listen to, just so that he can't hear what's going on. Aston, I know you've never played before, but you have heard it. 30 seconds, just answer as many questions as you can. And if you do not know, pass quickly and move on to the next one. That's the key, all right? Perfect. Good man, right, 30 seconds on the clock then. And your time starts now. <laughs> Which Celtic manager gave Callum McGregor his debut in 2014? Uh, Dyla. Who scored Rangers' third goal against Dortmund last night? 
Lundstrom. Who's got more Scotland caps, Kieran Tierney or Charlie Adam? Uh, Tierney. Which side did Celtic's Adam Montgomery join on loan last month? Uh, pass. Who's currently the youngest manager in Scottish top flight? Oh, pass. Which SPFL team play their home games at Borough Briggs? Dundee. Uh, no, it's not good. Okay. <laughs> ah, listen, it's worth a guess. Uh, let's bring back Simon Donnelly. Simon, can you hear us? Yes. Yes. Same set of questions to you. 30 seconds on the <clears throat> clock and your time starts now. Which Celtic manager gave Callum McGregor his debut in 2014? Ronnie. Who scored Rangers' third goal against Dortmund last night? Lundstrom. Who's got more Scotland caps, Kieran Tierney or Charlie Adam? Tierney. Which side did Celtic's Adam Montgomery join on loan last month? Aberdeen. Who is currently the youngest manager in the Scottish top flight? Oh, good one. Okay, okay, okay. What's the verdict, Aston? And listen, I'm just angry. I got what, uh, between one and three, and I'm over the moon. <laughs> <laughs> good to see you've set the bar nice and low. It's always good to avoid a, a zero. I must say, listen, you got off to a good start. You you got Ronnie Dyla for Callum McGregor's debut giver, but so did Simon Donnelly. You also got John Lundstrom, Aston. You're not as daft as you made I have, out, I have but to, so I have did to Simon be honest Donnelly. about that. I was sitting with the live score um, app on with it with all the goals. Can you? There'd be a question about the Rangers game. <laughs> oh, <he's genius. laughs> sneaky, very sneaky. Listen, see, like if you're, uh, see if you're quick enough to do that I'm, I'm happy with it Because when, <laughs> when the pressure's on I wondered if any of you would uh, Sort of try and second guess Producer Callum here Because he tries to throw you off sometimes Who's got more Scotland caps Tierney or Adam The obvious answer is Tierney yeah. Or is it obvious Because there's only four in it Would you believe Kieran Tierney's on 30 And Charlie Adam got 26 So wow. you're both right It is Kieran Tierney uh, But not by as, as much as you might imagine Adam Montgomery has joined Aberdeen on loan, Aston. You finally mm. fell behind. You were doing so well. Does that ring a bell now or no? No, I, I knew it. It was just that way that I was like, no, I just need to pass that and go on to the next one. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. It's often the way. Uh, the youngest manager in the Scottish top flight. I can't believe neither of you have. You've forgotten about... He's, he's like famous for being baby-faced yeah. and looking young. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Sure. Remember the old uh, Only an Excuse sketch where Sean it was all the, the players' cars at Celtic <laughs> and his was the, the coupe car. The red and yellow one. He's always been sort of known as being young and looking young. It is Sean Maloney. Jim Goodwin will be delighted at you, though, Simon Donnelly, yep, yep. Um, for giving him a mention. Wait, uh, I don't know, he'll be late 30s. Mm. I think Jim only recently turned 40, to be fair, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So yeah. you might not be too far off. Sean Maloney is 39. Yeah, you're maybe not too far off. Uh, I'm going to really upset Jim here. I assumed there was more in it than that. <laughs> yourself in it. <laughs> uh, he's got the old silver fox going. Uh, it looks like Sean Maloney's got a bit of time left before he has to worry about that. I think you know, Aston, that's the end of the road. You did get an extra question, but Borough Briggs is the home of Elgin City. So it wasn't enough. And Simon has beaten you 4 3, but well a good effort, Simon. good game. I'm, I'm over the moon at that. Over the moon. Well played, Simon. <laughs> well done, Aston. Well done. <laughs> Aston, that's what you call setting the bar low, that you're happy with a defeat. But listen, you did enough. You did enough to maintain some respectability. And you're actually off to the races, Aston. You didn't even need to win. You're going to the Virgin Bet Race Day Air Race Course, Saturday the 12th of March. Are you happy with that? 
It's the only reason I called. <laughs> That's why we do it, to give you an extra incentive as well. If you're not brave enough like Aston, you can still get tickets online right now for the Virgin Bet Race Day at Air Racecourse. But Aston doesn't need to worry about that. He is heading along. Good game, Simon. Another victory under the belt. Another victory. I was feeling right under pressure Oof, there because I was yeah. boasting that I think I've only had one defeat. since. So, yeah, another one. I'll take it. Absolutely, yeah, take it indeed, especially after your old pal Mark Wilson, he stunk the place out last night, so, yeah, it wasn't the best, anyway, let's go back to the phones, 01419511025, he might not be the youngest manager in the league, but we'll talk Jim Goodwin very soon, in the meantime, let's bring in Willie, who is a Celtic fan from Greenock, what's your take on last night, Willie? How you doing, panel, you alright? Yeah, hi Willie. Um, I just want to put a cross it, I think Fraser kind of stole my thunder. A couple of minutes back, yes, um, when he mentioned that uh, Bodo team was a wee bit underestimated. Um, I, I think that's exactly the way it was. So I think we actually underestimated how good this team was. And uh, I had to be really looking into it myself. And this team's not been beat since August. And obviously they've beat Roma 6-1 at the rain, at the rain ground for the two each in Rome. Um, I think maybe a wee bit of a mistake behind playing logic in um, the other boy in the centre of O'Reilly in the middle of the park and, and leaving Hattati out but again I, I think it's a lot of arrogance on Celtic fans on boards like, on the online boards and phone-in stations and things like that but I think they, they need to be given the credit they deserve they're a right good team well organised very composed in the ball and a right good team so I don't think it's actually as bad as everybody's making it. Um, I know I was as bad to get beat to C1, but we can still go over there and still win. Um, the only thing is with them as well, they'll play the same way at home as they did last night, because I believe that's the only way that they play, listen to other reports and things like that from them. So, what do you think of that? Simon? Yeah, I think Willie makes a valid point. I think in this country in particular, I think we are a wee bit ignorant or arrogant towards, you know, if we haven't heard of a team. And I said at the top of the show, I was a wee bit guilty of it myself. And I acknowledge that they had great results against Roma. Somebody had said that they'd lost four players. Uh, they're doing a pre-season. Their season was finished. They, they, they were champions of Norway, right enough. But you do, you think yourself, oh, well, Celtic are at home. Celtic are in good form. They're in a good run of uh, form. Uh, I think it was 18 or 19 undefeated. So I think we do all kind of get caught up with that, you know, and you look at the other side of it, Rangers playing Dortmund, everybody knows Borussia Dortmund. So you're thinking, you know, Rangers are in for a difficult night, Celtic might be in for an easier night. But this team showed that they've got ability and quality in their team. I don't think Celtic, as the players on Ange would have underestimated them, because I, I listened to his pre-match comments and he was saying that they kind of set up similar to Celtic and they kind of go for it as well with a high press. And I thought, okay, this is going to be an interesting one to see how this pans out tonight. Goals change games. And the early goal, I think, did take the sail out of uh, the window out of Celtic's sails. But having said that, I agree with Willie. I think Celtic can go. I know Ange will set his team out next week to go and score goals. So it could be another ding dong affair in Europe for Celtic next week. It'll be exciting. But again, you're up against a decent side there. I think they'll approach the game the same way as well. So there could be a lot of goals in the game next week. Ah, but see, Fraser, this is why we get experts on during weeks like this to tell you a little bit more. We had David Weatherston on, you'll remember the yeah, name, used yeah. to play for Falkirk in St. Johnson, Queen's Park, now lives in Norway, is a close follower of Bodo Glimt. We had him on on Tuesday and he said they will be sharp, don't 
ignore all this stuff about the season being finished. He said they will be sharp, they'll be up for it, they'll cause Celtic problems. And we also had Derek Ray on, who told us that, believe it or not, Borussia Dortmund had a glass jaw defensively. <laughs> uh, so both of those things Absolutely. happened to come true. We don't always get it right, but it was a, a fairly accurate week for the guests. Yeah, two people who perhaps a bit closer to it than, than the rest of us. And uh, I, I mean, I didn't think that Celtic would roll Bodo Glimt over, but I'll be honest, looking at their team, I didn't know any of their players. And you sometimes get teams... From countries like Norway and other places where they just have a golden period, and whether they can keep that going for three or four years is another matter because the, 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 all the players tend to leave, you know, and tend to go elsewhere. You saw the Iceland national team a few years ago where they, they just had this this period where they had some really good players, but you can't keep that up. And I think Bodo are probably in that in that situation. And I, I don't think Celtic were awful. Uh, you know, you're thinking back to 18 months ago, the the, the ten in a row season at the start, losing to Fernsvaros, losing to, to I think it was Sparta Prague as well, heavily at home. Celtic were really poor and I think that there are Celtic fans of a certain age who who remember the days when there was the old cliche about the fortress Celtic Park but they did they beat Juventus beat Manchester United beat Barcelona but that was a long time ago and, and the game has changed now and Celtic half had a few heavy defeats at home and sometimes they played really poorly I didn't think last night was a, an exceptionally poor performance I just think they, they just their, their key players just didn't perform on the night and for, for well, why, my view as well it was the full backs of, and the defence of, um, of of Bodo that stopped them so Celtic can go go over there and score two goals next week it's can they keep a clean sheet that, I think that's the biggest question I, I've no doubt Celtic can, can cause any team problems at this level Let's hear a bit more from Ange Postacoglu then he says this season was never going to be plain sailing and he knows they must bounce back quickly it was, it's never going to be smooth. It was never going to be smooth for us this year. So this is just another challenge for us. We've had plenty this year. Um, you know, I know people, you know, as I said all along, we're not, you know, this wave of momentum people think. There's, football always has a way of making sure it um, keeps you really focused in one way or another. And the result tonight gives us an opportunity to show how we respond to that. And the first opportunity is Sunday against Dundee. As you said, they've had a managerial change. The last couple of results haven't been too bad. So... Again, it'll be a tough opponent for us, but we've just got to show people that the same way we've reacted positively to every other challenge we've had this year, we're going to react positively to this. Thank you to Willie. Let's move quickly on and bring in Jamie, who's a Rangers fan from Balloch. What did you make of that last night, Jamie? You must be a happy man. Yeah, absolutely, Gordon. Uh, good evening, Fraser and Simon also. Um, Hi, Jamie. Yeah, Hi, Jamie. Yeah, I, I, Absolutely, uh, Gordon. The last time I was on the show, Gordon, uh, it was the day after the Aberdeen game when we'd drawn one each. Um, and, and for me, it was probably the, the first poor display for the first time. You know, out, out with the Hibs semi when, when Gio wasn't really taking the team, I guess. And, uh, you know, I was I was mentioning it at that point. I was concerned about fellow fans slaughtering the team. Um, and I remember Andy Halliday saying that night, uh, Gordon, that We've yet to see Rangers move through the gears. You know, he was talking about third, fourth and fifth gear, as I recall. Um, and then, to be honest, since then, you know, we had a couple of, couple of poor results away at Ross County, which I put down to individual errors. And then the, the humiliating 3-0 defeat at Celtic, as I would describe it. Um, square pegs, round holes, Bassett, centre-back, hadn't been exposed prior. Barisic, I don't know what he was doing on that day. And Diallo never get a kick, but... Look, since since then, I, I really believe we're back on the bikes. You know, five 0 Hearts, two 0 Hibs, Annan. We've played players not that hadn't played that much, and then last night, Gordon. Wow, 
uh, you know, culmination of the great work I think that Gio's doing with his coaching team uh, and developing our style. Now, the interesting thing for me last night, it was, it, it, as I recall, it was the first night or the first game that we've, we hadn't played with two out-and-out wingers. And I think we'd become, um, you know, very used to setting up in that way, two out-and-out wingers, um, Kent on one side, either right, Sakala, Diallo, Hadji, I know he's injured now, but very predictable. And I think last night, for me, Gordon, it was all about, or one of the key things was, we weren't predictable last night. I think Dortmund expected us to line up like that. And we didn't. We played the two holding midfielders, Aribo, who wasn't playing necessarily on the wing. Um, and I think that really helped us control the game with the two CDMs in the middle of the park. So I guess you asked the question, how did I feel about last night? Absolutely delighted. You know, and I'm, I was in the living room with my two young boys, 10 and 13, and, and, and explaining to them it's not often you see this type of performance away in Germany <laughs> from the Rangers team so a fantastic night Gordon Yeah um, Fraser if Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has to take the criticism that comes with the defeat at Celtic Park two weeks ago then yeah. surely he gets some of the praise or a lot of the praise for nights like that last night Yeah absolutely and it's everybody's job it's not at Rangers or Celtic and for that matter is to, is to look and analyse and look at the the tactics and, and sometimes the managers do get it wrong and uh, there was a wee spell there at uh, the turn of the year as we know when Rangers had a really poor period uh, culminating with the, the loss to Celtic and I think people were beginning to think is, can Rangers pick this up again but but as, as Jamie says they, they have done it and I like the, the tactic of playing Arfield a bit further on the right hand side because Aribo's not the most defensive minded player but you want to get him in a position where he can go and support but he was disciplined as well. He made it back into a five. But Arfield on that right-hand side, just protected. Because um, uh, although he makes run some deep, Arfield, he's a far better defensive player than the rest of the midfield players. So they had him, they had Jack, they had Lundstrom, all sort of defensive-minded midfield players to allow Aribo to go and support Lisa Kent and Morelos. He got it right. He got it absolutely spot on. And uh, Rangers have began to show a bit more in the last few weeks. But, but they've got a big game on Sunday. You know, the, the players will be tired and uh, they'll have to recover. How much can he rotate? You know, if it's a home game against one of the teams at the bottom of the table, you can rotate as much as you want. But they know Dundee United can cause them problems. Beat them already at Tannadice as well. They're sitting in fourth place, and this will be a, a test of, of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's squad and his and his tactics. How many players does he change? Can he play Ramsey? Can he get him into the team? He's bring back Davis. You know, where, what does he do with the forward line? Does he does he rest Morelos? I don't think you do. I think you keep him in your team. But uh, interesting to see his his team. I think there'll be two or three changes. In some midfield attacking areas on, on Sunday But they've got to go again And uh, they can't afford another defeat uh, Because Celtic, you would imagine, will beat Dundee And quickly, Jamie, we're a bit pushed for time But where does that result rank Amongst other European results for you as a Rangers fan? Gordon, I think for myself You know, I was reminded by a friend today Of our, our draw away in Parma And then we beat them at home uh, I remember that as a, as a young man Certainly someone referenced tonight The, the, the 3-0 away in Leon, But you know, I, I actually, I actually paused the paused the live stream last night, uh, Gordon, uh, at three 0 and, and I said to my two boys, boys, you need to understand how much this means. You might not see this for a long time, um, and we had a chuckle about it, and I, I, I hope they understood that. But I, I think that 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 it's up there, Gordon. It's certainly in my lifetime. Certainly in my lifetime. 
Absolutely, thank you very much to Jamie 01419511025 on the phones. We'll get a full-time teaser for the guys, and I'm hoping you, St Mirren fans, it's maybe been a tough day for you. Does it look like Jim Goodwin is heading out the door? What do you make of that? Aberdeen fans, are you happy, or would you rather go for someone else? Pick up the phone and let us know, and we'll speak to you next. Taking your calls on Scottish football, 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Fraser Wishart and Simon Donnelly are here at 0141-951-1025 if you'd like to join in and we'd love to have you, so pick up the phone. You can tweet us as well, at Clyde SSB. Uh, lots coming in on there as you would expect after a busy night of European football Chris says the 3-0 win in Lyon on the road to Manchester was regarded as one of our best away nights however last night is easily on par if not better when you consider the finances and strength the big teams have got since then and PR says I'm still waiting on Borussia Dortmund getting done for match fixing but joking aside (laughs) I think that's the best result I've witnessed as a Rangers fan uh, at the age of 29 Uh, St Mirren fans how are you feeling tonight maybe not quite as happy as those Rangers fans does it to you seem that, that Jim Goodwin is gone is he is he off to Aberdeen or are you still hopeful that the talks uh, could break down pick up the phone and let us know let me quickly give you tonight's full-time teaser first gentlemen so you've got between now and the end of the show to come up with the answers to this one and it's a good one I like it from Mark Rennie uh, can you name the nine players since 2003-04 who've got over 60 yellow cards in the Scottish <laughs> top flight. Come on, Fraser Wisher, a chance for you to out your members as hatchet men. Since 2003-04, there have been nine players with over 60 yellow cards in the Scottish top flight. Can you name them? Any that jump out straight away? Scott Brown. He's just got 112 in that <laughs> time, oh, Scott Brown. <laughs> He's played a lot of games, to be fair. He's played a lot of games. Uh, in that time anymore I think that uh, Neil Lennon's after that is it Neil Lennon before yeah. 2003 he's mm. not, yeah he's not on the list mm. give us a bit of space there yeah bearing in mind you don't need to be an absolute hatchet man you might just have you might just have played a lot of football in that time don't six, get me wrong most of these for, guys six a year for ten years that's that's a, that's a lot Yeah it's, a lot. it's good going isn't it Yeah yeah it's very impressive 100, 112 for Scott did you say 112 Jeez that's incredible Okay I mean, I'll he, give you some more thinking would, time he, if you he want only, He only moaned about 105 of them so don't <laughs> worry about that <clears throat> Right I'll give you some more thinking time Right there is another big news story today aside from the European football, and that is that Jim Goodwin is in talks with Aberdeen to leave St Mirren and head to Pataudry. There is a suggestion it would cost round about a quarter of a million in compensation. But as we all know, Aberdeen sacked Stephen Glass earlier this month. Barry Robson's an interim charge, and it looks like Dave Cormack could be closing in on Jim Goodwin. Let's just start on the phones on that one, actually, uh, and see what the mood is out there. Brendan is a St Mirren fan from Paisley. What do you make of this, Brendan? Um, good evening, guys. Um, first, of, first thing I'd like to say first is, as a Scotland football fan, I thought what Rangers did last night was incredible. Um, I don't think any Rangers fan in their hand and their heart thought they were going to go there last night and, and come away with a result they did. I thought it was brilliant, for, not just for Rangers, but for Scottish football. But uh, moving forward, 
I'm not sure if they're going to date in the second the, the second half of the tie. We'll see what happens. But as regards uh, Jim, um, I'm I was on the phone to my young brother the night before, or just after I spoke to your producer, and um, my brother was saying I was a wee bit of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Hypocrite, because I've been I I am of the opinion that. Um, the sport that we watch and we love is dominated 100% by results and what they do on the pitch and I think you guys would agree with that but at the beginning of this season we got off to a pretty good start okay uh, in this league and in this, in this season and then we went on in a, an 11-12 match unbeaten uh, sorry not winning a game so we had 11-12 defeats on the bounce and at that time, as I did with the previous managers like Oren Kearney and um, Jack Ross, I was looking for their head in a stick. Because if you can't put the... I mean, they were playing teams, or Jim Goodman was playing teams on the park at home where he's only playing one up front. And, and against certain teams in the bottom half of the league, which we should be giving a good game and coming away with three points on a regular basis, I think. It wasn't happening because we couldn't, for loving the money, put the ball in the back of the net. We didn't know where the the, 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 the goals were coming from. And at the end of the day, it's the buck stops for the manager. Now, um, the, the players that he's got up front, uh, Jim's got only doing the job for me as far as I'm concerned. Lee Irwin is away, thank God. Curtis Main, for the, the size of boy that he is and the unit that he is, he's just a boy can't move. He's as stiff as a board and he can't put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. Um, well, what about I, now I, though, Brendan? Brendan, what, what about now though? I, I take the point. The form maybe wasn't great at times. You might have elements of the team that you're not hugely uh, fond of. But, but specifically on Jim Goodwin, are you are you sad to see him go? Do you think that that's going to happen? What, what's your view on this managerial scenario well, as we stand today? Right, OK, well, since before Christmas, I wasn't sure where we were going to go, to be honest. But since we came back after the, the, the winter break, I don't know what's happened to the team, but it just seems like an overall... It's a totally changed um, environment at the club. And obviously Jim's done something... To, to improve this because it's been a completely different team that we see on the park for the last six, seven games. Yeah, I mean, uh, Fraser, it's, um, it, I think Brendan's right that there is a, there is a very short term outlook sometimes yeah. in football. You know, yeah. Jim Goodwin wasn't being lauded on our show a couple of months ago, but he's doing a very good job in this current run. And, and overall, I think people feel he's, he's a good manager and he comes across well. It, it, you've seen these things play out many yeah. times before. Is, is, he, is he gone? Has he gone to Aberdeen or is there still hope for Brendan and other St Mirren fans? I'd be, I'd be surprised if he's not gone. Uh, these deals tend to be done behind the scenes with the manager. There'll be a conversation, but uh, once they get official permission 
from St Mirren that means that St Mirren have got the compensation they can't stop him and at that point if Jim says I want to go and speak to them pretty much when you're going to St Mirren the Aberdeen the finances will be totally different he'll get a good contract and uh, he'll speak to Dave Cormack who, who, who will say and give him the budget and, and the plans etc but I, th- I think that uh, I think what Brendan's saying is, is quite symptomatic of, of most supporters and they they can be on a manager's back and uh, you know you're looking at Jim Goodwin and you know St Mirren could finish 4th they could finish 10th and if you finish 10th at the end of the year and get knocked out of the cup in the next round, you can imagine, you can bet your bottom dollar that some some supporters would be saying we don't want him to be to be a manager. So that's why Jim Goodwin should absolutely take the opportunity that comes his way. It's a good move for him and St can will get the compensation as well. What do you think, Simon? Yeah, I'm, I'm much the, the same as Fraser. I think, uh, I mean, let's be realistic. I, I, I'll maybe take a bit of criticism on here, the size of the clubs, but it's it's a great opportunity if he gets it. Totally. Uh, I know they're sitting below St Mirren in the league just now, and he has been under a bit of criticism early in the season, Jim. Uh, I think turning draws into wins, and they've seemed to do that recently. I'm looking at their form. They've won four out of the last five. They're sitting there. If they win their game in hand, they can go fourth. So he's very much the manager, the team in form. And with that sometimes brings, you know, attention to you. Uh, and I think it's a decent opportunity. Aberdeen are a good club. Uh, they're underachieving. And I think it's a good one for them. I'll give you a wee, a wee stat, Gordon, about the precarious nature of management and why managers, whether it's Brendan Rodgers, Stephen Gerrard, Jim Goodwin, should always take that chance. Uh, 42 SPFL clubs, there's only 16 have been in longer than a year. So wow. you're, you're going to lose your job. And when I speak to managers, I've helped managers with their contracts, etc. One, the, one of the things I always say to them is, great, we'll look at the salary, look at your severance pay, because at some point you will get the bullet. So make sure yeah. you're getting a right good payoff. And, and that's the precarious nature. And that's why every manager, when they get that opportunity to go, should take it. If the, if the gut feeling is to go, because in four months' time you could be at a job. Yeah, let's go back to the phones, bring in Ben, who's also a St Mirren fan from Bishopton. How are you taking this news, Ben? Yeah, not well. I'm pretty gutted if he goes, I must say, because as well as our good form and the, the plan getting better, he's also you know a superb legend, so it'd be a shame. Um, I think if you get successful, I guess wherever you are, the food chain, your, your manager's maybe going to leave. I just wonder if Aberdeen's the right one for him. I know that he'll probably get more budget, more money himself, but... He's not achieved that much with us yet, but he's got a good chance to achieve a, a, a good thing for, for this season. And I just wonder if Aberdeen, with our kind of risky nature and sacking managers, it could be you know a real career breaker for someone to go there. And if he's not getting, I'm hoping that talks don't go well today, and he's not getting the assurances and the budget that he wants, um, and he stays with us. But he might, he might find that actually he goes to Aberdeen it's a real bad move and it would be one to be avoided right now um, and that's what I'm hoping he concludes What do you think Fraser because I, I get the point big club big opportunity yeah. bigger money for him bigger budget to, to spend but that does come with an increased level of expectation um, as we're seeing at the moment Aberdeen fans don't feel like the club is in a is in a good place of course but Jim Goodwin will be confident in himself and his own ability and if, if he wants to make a career and go even higher than Aberdeen you know and then then you've got to make that that step and, and as I said earlier if, if they finish 10th and get knocked out of the cup there'll be supporters wanting his head on a plate in, in the summertime and that's the nature of, of, of the game so it's so precarious I always think managers and players if they've the got feeling is to take that opportunity they should go and be ambitious and, and you, you don't want to be sitting when you're 50 thinking oh, I turned down that move to Aberdeen maybe I should have taken it you know give it a go if it works out brilliantly you go on to the next step if it doesn't 
then at least you can say you've given it your best shot. And that, that's the way players should look at it as well. Always be ambitious and always try and do the best you can because it's a short career. Ben, do you think generally St Mirren fans understand, wish him well, or, or, or is there... Because, listen, as a fan of a wee team, I get sometimes there's a bit of a bitterness when managers leave for other clubs in the league, even though they're perceived to be bigger clubs. Will St Mirren fans wish him well or be a bit... Um, Angry that, that he's gone. No, I think they'll be just disappointed rather than angry. Um, but I don't, I don't think anyone could begrudge going to a bigger club. As I say, whether that's Aberdeen's the right one, but I just think we'd be disappointed, um, which is a reflection of how much we hold him in high regard. But uh, if it does happen, then I suppose it might start a bit of a managerial background because the obvious choice for us is to go and get Jack Ross back. Um, so that might happen, uh, which would be a bad appointment to be honest so um, you know that may happen quite quickly if, 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 if uh, maybe even happen tonight I don't know Yeah it's, it's funny Fraser I, I don't know timing wise how you think this will will play out there are games tomorrow in case anyone hadn't noticed um, <laughs> I, I sort of thought we maybe would have a bit more of a an official announcement on this by now yeah, I thought so, and I thought that if Jim was appointed, then he might be involved to, to, tomorrow at some point, because that's a big game they've got uh, tomorrow for Aberdeen. But um, uh, St Mirren, I noticed that Jamie Langfield took the, the media today, so you'd imagine that uh, even if Jim is not all sorted, I don't know if he'll be in the dugout tomorrow for, for St Mirren. For a big game and a team that's a bit of a bogey team for them, uh, Livingston, who over the years, even when they were down in the, the championship together, Livingston t- you know, had a good few results against St Mirren. So it's a very important game. Can they keep this... Good run going, likes a Kilty and Jordan Jones in top form as well. And it's important for Simon because you know they are they are looking up the way more than anything else. They're, they're a point behind Dundee United with a game in hand, so it's a it's a key time for Simon. But um, like as I always say, if you're if you're doing your job as a board of directors or a chief executive, whatever else, you should always have a plan for and a look at who's <coughs> going to replace your manager because it could be he gets the sack if you're not doing well. But if he does really well, then you're looking to replace him very quickly. So I would hope that Simon would have somebody in mind. Uh, thank you very much to Ben. Very quickly, you two on the teaser since 0304, nine players with over 60 yellow cards in the Scottish top flight. You've got Scott Brown. Stephen McManus. No. No. No, no, no. Um, Gary Caldwell. No. You're looking for longevity here over that period. That, I think that's the key, right? So it could be guys that are still in the league or have recently been in the league. You're, you're really just looking for guys that have played a lot of football over that period. One, one guy I know well is the chairman of the PFA and yes. moans, moans like nothing else and gets put to all the time. Liam Craig. Yes, he's got 79. 79. I'm going to take yeah. him later. Any more for any more? I'm going to go for I'm going for longevity then uh, A player that I worked with John Rankin No I think you're kind of Getting closer though I, I like your thinking there He's not on the list One more guess from you Fraser uh, Lewis Stevenson No Okay Not bad But I think we need to do better Thank you to Ben Who admits that he's not He's not taking this news uh, Well We've got Andy Who's an Aberdeen fan And we'll find out if he is a fan of the Jim Goodwin suggestion or if he would rather go in a different direction we'll find out from him next but quickly let me tell you all about this Super Scoreboard European football coverage with Moyer and Sweeney litigation whether it's criminal defence family law public inquiries and more they are here for you 
If you fancy the chance to win a 58-inch Samsung 4K TV and an Amazon Echo Show, why not head over to Clyde1.com right now to find out how you can do that. You'll also find out a bit more about Moyer and Sweeney litigation because they're this year's sponsors of Super Scoreboard European football coverage. They've got your back covered if you fancy uh, high-quality, discreet legal advice in a wide range of matters, criminal defence, family law, road traffic, public inquiries, personal injury and more. They've got your back and they are sponsoring our coverage of European football this year. That's Moyer and Sweeney litigation and they're giving you the chance to win that 58-inch Samsung TV and Amazon Echo show. So go to Clyde1.com to find out all about it. We're going to speak to Andy, the Aberdeen fan, and hopefully we'll get more answers on the teaser next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Simon Donnelly and Fraser Wishart are here. We're about to bring in Andy, who's an Aberdeen fan, who's been hanging on patiently. Uh, let me very quickly, though, just check in on this teaser. We're looking for nine players since 03-04 who've got more than 60 yellow cards in Scotland's <laughs> top flight. Scott Brown, you have got... You've also got Liam Craig. Any more? We've been scribbling down here frantically. Uh, I'm going to go for... Considine Aberdeen Yes I told you Longevity Guys that have been there For ages 73 bookings For The man who can boogie Anymore And we were looking at Aberdeen And uh, remember We played midfield He was every second week uh, Graham Shinney Yes He liked to tackle Didn't he He's on there as well Yeah One sign And What was the other one We wrote uh, Yes This guy Played against Well didn't Coached against him He was forever Murray Davidson Yes, he's got 87 And again, longevity Still playing yeah. in the division so Does Scott Brown get four... the record? Does anybody beat 112? No, 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 no Murray Davidson second Liam Craig third And Andy Considine So you're, you're, you're kind of getting there In terms of going down the list uh, Okay, we'll leave that there We'll get them before the end Andy and Renfrew My apologies You've been hanging on for ages As an Aberdeen fan It looks like it's Jim Goodwin Is that a good move for you? Um, To be honest I'm neither here nor there. Jim Goodwin doesn't really excite me, but I mean, when Aberdeen appointed Stephen Glass, I felt exactly the same. You know what I mean? McInnes left, I felt it was a perfect opportunity for Aberdeen to really go and grab a young up-and-coming manager. Stephen Glass didn't fit that bill. Okay, so he's obviously done what everybody knew he was going to do, which wasn't perform very good. And Jim Goodwin, I, I just, I mean, he's done well at Alwa, he's done okay at St Mirren, but I just think Aberdeen really should be looking a little bit bigger. You know, I, I appreciate that Aberdeen are not the club that he used to be, not at all. But I do think that potentially they're still the third biggest club in the country. And they should be challenging the likes of Rangers and Celtic. You know what I mean? Why can't they be? Yeah, financially they can't. But on the field they could. And I don't think that Jim Goodwin is the man to get us there, to be honest. That's fair enough, Fraser. It's always good to hear both sides. Do you get that as much as Jim Goodwin in Andy's mind has... He's he's done a decent job at St Mirren. They're heading in the right yeah. direction. Andy is looking for... A bit more of an achievement under the belt, perhaps, or 
someone who's done yeah. it for a bit longer. I don't know. I, th- I think fans are always looking for a bigger name. They're always looking for the, the sexy name if it's a foreign guy. But sometimes these are not the guys you can get. And I, I, I be a bit biased because I know Jim Goodwin through my time in the game and his time in the game. <clears> and uh, he's, he's he's a very measured, calm, collected guy. The complete opposite as he was on the football field. But uh, he's he's very he's he's bright and he he motivates people when he gets them playing. I, I can get why Aberdeen fans are maybe thinking you know after Glass he was a kind of left field appointment. They want something bigger. But I think Jim Goodwin could <coughs> probably could be an, an excellent appointment. I mean Stephen Glass was young and up and coming, Andy, and uh, and the, the promise of flowing football it just hasn't happened for him for for, for whatever reason. And um, they've gone down a different route to a more pragmatic manager. A bit more like maybe Derek McInnes mould, maybe a bit more expansive than Derek, but but somebody who who knows how to win football games. So, I think Jim's worth a chance. They've done not bad over the last 30, 40 years, uh, bringing managers from Simon Alex Smith was very successful. Alec Ferguson did all right as well in the game. So, at that time, Alec Ferguson was probably somebody that they thought was was uh, was a bit of a gamble as well. But uh, I, listen, I, I get what Andy's saying. I don't think the fans will be. Neither, neither here nor there, you know. I don't think they'll be against Jim Goodwin, but um, Jim needs to get a good start. But he's starting from a, from quite a low bar at the moment, you know, having knocked out the cup, finishing ninth. He's got to the end of the season and get them up, and he could get them to fourth. You know, you never know. They're not far off that. If he does that, that's a successful start for him. Andy, what is the the hope or, or the expectation, I should say, because the Stephen Glass era was brought in, as Fraser says, not only was it going to be successful in terms of results, but it was going to be about a free-flowing style of football, better on the eye, introducing young players to the team. Does some of that have to wait for another day and become about results first, or does Jim Goodwin need to do it all again? The, the biggest thing for me, what what we need to do as a club, and it's it's, a, it's an area that's, that's annoyed me for a good number of years, and it's consistency. You know, I mean, it's not performances against Rangers and Celtic that let us down. It's performances against clubs that are on an even keel with ourselves. You know, what I mean, so consistency. The new manager, let's say, as Jim Goodwin, he needs to come in and breed consistency. You know, what I mean, every game is a is a big game. I always say to my friends, never put Aberdeen on your coupon because you don't know what they're going to do from one week to the next. You know, what I mean. Consistency has got to be what we're looking for as a club to begin with, and then we can push on from there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Before we let you go, then, Andy, if Jim Goodwin is not quite floating your boat, who did you want? Well, I listened to Charlie Nicholas the other day, and he's talking about Solskjaer. You know, what I mean, in hindsight, somebody of Solskjaer esque. I'm not saying Solskjaer probably doesn't know enough about the Scottish game. But originally, my, my gut was go for Lennon and uh, Scott Brown. You know, uh, Neil Lennon knows the game in Scotland. You know, I mean, probably knows the club. And yes, some of the fans would be against him, and I totally get that. But in terms of passion when they're on the pitch, again, I talked about consistency. That may have been the kind of opportunity that we were looking for at this at this stage. Somebody to steady the boat and bring in that little bit of passion, which I, I really think is missing. Uh, Simon, to be honest, mm. I've got no idea what level Ole Gunnar Solskjaer goes back in at. I don't really know what level of manager he's at. However, uh, going from Man United to Aberdeen would be quite something. Yeah, I, I don't think that would happen. I think Neil Lennon would probably be a more realistic uh, avenue to go down with his experience. I thought he did a good job at Hibs. Uh, before going back to Celtic there, I think he's you're talking about experience of the division, 
But again, I think Jim Goodwin, you know, it's a difficult job the Aberdeen won. Andy's talking about consistency. He's he's bang on, but every team craves that. You know, every team wants consistency. I think Aberdeen are underperforming this year for the players that they've got there. I don't know the dynamics behind what's happened because when Glass was appointed and Scott Brown, the Celtic captain, goes up to Aberdeen, I thought, exciting times ahead. You know, something fresh, a new name coming in. He obviously did his... Uh, work over in the States with, with the club in America he got an opportunity at the club that he came through at he knew he obviously has a huge love for Aberdeen I thought it would be a good appointment it's not worked out and these things sometimes happen but I think Jim Goodwin's on a natural progression he's did well at Alloa that got him the job at St Mern and he's did well there now you know he's, he's, he's on a good run there and he's probably got himself an opportunity to take at Aberdeen but it's a very difficult job the Aberdeen one because the fans they, they do look back at the past There's been a lot of success in the past You have to look to the future You can argue Stephen Glass only get 11 months Managers don't get a hell of a lot of time now But it could be a, a good opportunity for Jim Goodwin Right, we have to leave it there Very quickly, you two You've got four more players Who've got more than 60 bookings In the top flights since 03, 04 Go Ian Black Yes, 68 for him, well done Vigers Oh, wonderful 62 for him. Ex Motherwell. And a, a, yep, ma- a two man, more. man in the news today, Dougie Emery. Yeah, 69. And the last one. one Didn't you give us a clue? Right, okay, he's still in the league. He's at St Johnston. Another St Johnston. He used to play for Hibs. Ah, go on, Simon. Quick. Yes, well done after the clue, David Witherspoon. Thank you, Fraser and Simon. Thank you for all your calls and tweets. It's going to be a huge weekend of Scottish football. It all kicks off tomorrow afternoon, so we are here from 2 o'clock. Make sure you join us, and in the meantime, stay right there. You can properly get your weekend started in the company of the GBX.